Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Well, good morning. My name is Joel, and I am glad that you're here this morning. If this is your first time with us, uh, we'd, we'd just invite you to text hello, the actual words hello. You can't get away with hi or howdy or hola, has to be hello, uh, to the uh, number on the screen behind me, and we would love to follow up with you and uh, get you a little more info about us as a church family. Um, also, there's another way to connect um, at the beginning of every month. Uh, we have what's called our Next Steps Lunch. You can find out more about us. It's a two-part lunch. We'll feed you, find out more about us and uh, where we're going as a church family and what it looks like to jump in. They also walk with you. It's kind of a a big deal around here to figure out what your kingdom calling is um, so that you know what it looks like to express who God has called you to be. Sabella, it's good to see you. We love Sabella. Um, and so we, we'd love to have you at Next Steps Lunch. Hey, I'm going to uh, read a scripture for our offering. Uh, it is in Colossians 3, uh, 23 and 24. You've probably heard this. It says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward, an inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord, the anointed one. Put your heart and soul into everything you do, for it is the Lord, Lord, for you're doing it for the Lord himself. There's been a handful of times in my life where I've had to quit my job because of this verse. You're like, what in the world is he talking about? (laughs) It's not that I actually quit doing the job that I was doing, but here's what I've found myself so many times, is that I begin in my heart and my head to work for another master. I begin to work for the master of money, for the master of a boss, for uh, the, the master of comfort, or for the master of purpose. And so I've had to say, not actually to my employers, but to say to God, God, I, I realize that in my heart I've drifted, and I've, I've moved from doing everything for you to doing my job for money, for resources, for uh, self-importance and significance, and I've had to say, God, you know what, I, I, I surrender all of that, and I realize that everything I do is for you. And I think it's an important place for our hearts to be, because it's easy to get, up, get caught up in the wrong motivation, and when I recognize that he is my master, not simply my boss, but my master, then I can recognize everything I do is actually for him, And no matter what your job is, even if it's miserable, when you find that you're doing it for the right person and purpose, you'll find life and meaning. There's no accident in the places that you're placed. God is using you where he has you, and he's not just using you, but he's partnering with you, and he actually has purpose for you. Some of it is to develop character. Some of it is to bring resources into your family and into the kingdom, but it's important that we understand who we're working for. So some of you in your hearts may need to quit your job this morning. You may need to say, I'm done working for this organization. I'll let them still pay me, but I'm actually working for God. 
And that doesn't mean some sort of rebellious mindset that you go to your boss in the morning, say, hey, I'm not working for you anymore. I'm working for God, so I'll do what he tells me. No, it actually should make you a better employee, not a worse one. You shouldn't be a rebellious one for that. You should actually be be willing to give everything because you recognize, hey, I'm on assignment in my job and with my resources. It's an assignment from heaven. Amen? So let me pray for you, for your jobs, for your finances. Um, If you'd like to give this morning, there's three ways to do that. Uh, You give online, you give at the boxes in the back, uh, or you can give um, by text. Um, I encourage you to be faithful in your generosity. It really does matter, uh, and it's a heart matter. Father, we thank you that you're really good, that you take good care of us. Thank you, Lord, for the assignments that you have us on and the resources that you entrust to us. Lord, we want to be a blessing to you, and we recognize that it's you that we work for. That it's not man and it's not mammon, it's you. And so we just say, Lord, we, we trust you and we want to give our very best. We want to put our heart and soul into everything that we do so that we could bring you glory and that we would honor your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, this morning we're going to do something a little bit different, if that's all right. As a As a church, we have this value that we don't express well, quite honestly, on Sunday mornings. And it's this, it's to start everything we do with yay God stories. So we don't have a staff meeting. We don't have like a a ministry leaders meeting. Whenever we gather all of our leaders, we don't, and most of our community groups all start with yay God stories because we feel like that actually sets the tone for our perspective. When we start to see what God's doing, it it informs how we address the problems that we're facing. And so it's important for us to understand that. So um, we're we're not going to start there. We're actually going to end or probably get close towards the ending um, by sharing some testimonies. And actually, I'm going to do what they tell me never to do. I'm going to open it up for you to share testimonies. Everybody that's been in ministry before says, oh, no. For you to share testimonies of what God has done recently in your life. It's not an opportunity for you to prophesy. It's not an opportunity for you to preach or teach. I will hold the microphone the entire time. So it's not personal that I don't trust you. It's just a reality that I don't trust any of you. Just, just kidding. I actually trust you a lot. But I think it's important. We've just seen God moving in our midst uh, in phenomenal ways. And we don't always uh, have the best platforms to share those stories where everybody can heal, uh, hear uh, what God's doing. I've heard uh, some, some crazy stories recently of like uh, brain tumors disappearing and that kind of stuff. And so it'd be cool uh, to hear some of those stories, uh, miraculous provision, all sorts of stuff. And so we just want to take some time to honor what God's been doing in our midst um, and perhaps uh, encourage you um, in that. So uh, last, or uh, two weeks ago, I had the opportunity uh, to go share um, at a church in Austin, Family Life Church, um, and I've just enjoyed, uh, that was my second time with them. I've been friends with Shadrick, their pastor. I think we've figured out probably 15 years now, and we've been running, doing campus ministry together when we were both doing that, um, and now he uh, planted uh, their church uh, in the middle of a pandemic, which takes incredible courage to plant a church in the middle of a pandemic, and I love what God's doing there. Um, so they had me sharing uh, in a series on miracles, and so I was just sharing about some of the miracles I've seen um, as part of what I was sharing, and so I shared this story, um, 
it was like our second or third year as a church. Um, we had interns and we were doing, and we had, it was called uh, Sozo Summer Internship back in the day. And we had about five interns that were with us and we did uh, a couple of day retreat with our interns. And so we were just spending time, really no agenda that evening, just worshiping. And I had what's called a word of knowledge. It's when God puts something in your head that he's doing in the room or about to do. And so uh, what I heard God say in my, in my head wasn't audible, but it was like a distinct impression that did not originate from myself as far as I could tell. And what I heard God say is, I am healing learning disabilities. And, and then it, he, he clarified or, or got specific with it and said, I'm healing dyslexia. Now, to be honest with you, um, in a room this size, there are probably several people with dyslexia. And so when you hear something like that, it's either God, or I could just be like deceiving you essentially, which I'm not doing, that's not in my heart, but you don't know my heart, so, so it's easy to say that. But when you're in a room of five people, it's either God or it's not. You know what I mean? And so Lydia, who uh, eventually uh, spent some years um, working on our uh, kids, Sozo Kids team, um, she said, hey, I, I've got dyslexia. And so um, we had a book. And so I said, hey, would you look at this book? And she looked at it and she's like, yeah, I still got dyslexia. And so then we, we prayed a really short prayer how many of you know it's not the words in your prayer that move God? It's faith that moves God. We just believed that he was doing what he, said he, what he said he was doing. Handed her the book again, and as soon as she looked at it, tears began streaming down her face. What was once jumbled was now clear. So since then, I think I've prayed probably for two other people that have been healed of dyslexia. And I've shared that story, and then they've been healed. So I was in New Mexico a couple years ago at my friend's church preaching, shared uh, that story. Well, afterwards, I was with a group of young leaders. Um, and so we were just talking, and this guy says, hey, my wife, she has dyslexia. And I actually had shared, hey, I think God wants to heal somebody of dyslexia. Nobody came up uh, that morning. And so I, they said, hey, my, my wife's got dyslexia. Well, I knew this guy was about six months old in Jesus. He was like a brand new, fresh baby believer, still, I guess six months old is still an infant, right? So I said, hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to pray for you, husband, that God would just release power to heal over you. And then you're going to pray for your wife. And we're going to see God heal her. So I prayed, real short prayer. Did the same thing. We had a Bible. His wife looks at the Bible. Yeah, it's all jumbled up. He prays, not me. Why? Why not me? Because I don't want to be the holy man. What God's doing in his church is he's raising up a holy people. And that the whole body would be released to minister, right? It's not just a person or two, but it's everybody gets to play, everybody's in the game. So he prays, this guy, not a professional Christian, probably still at least smoking a little bit of weed, like he's like, <laughs> like he's, he, he's like, he doesn't have it all together, he hasn't earned anything, okay? 
Now, we know this in the kingdom, we don't earn anything, but we can begin to think that way. He prays, same thing, waterworks, come on. So I'm sharing that story two weeks ago at my buddy's church, and uh, towards the end, we, uh, Alec and John Taylor and I stayed and probably prayed for people for 30 or 45 minutes after the service. We're praying for people. This young lady, probably mid-20s, maybe late-20s, comes up, and she says, I've got dyslexia. What she was saying, I'm like, that's, that is a fact, but what she's saying is, I, I want to be healed of dyslexia. Well, her friend actually was with her and, and kind of pulled her up there. And so I said, okay, we're, we're just going to pray for your friend. And then one friend's going to pray for the other friend that had dyslexia, has dyslexia. And so, Alec, you were there, right? You remember the story? I'm not, I'm not preaching, I'm telling the truth, right? Okay. And so, you caught that, didn't you? Um, and so we, we prayed for her. She prays for her friend. We did the same thing, looks at, at the Bible, and it's nothing, I mean, the Bible's special, but it had nothing to do with it being the Bible. It's just her reading the words. And then again, and she read, she said, I I could not, she read out loud. She says, before I, I would not have been able to read that out loud, tears begin to fill her eyes. It's pretty cool, huh? That's the God that we serve. Go with me to Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says, they triumphed over him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb. Why does that matter? Because the, the blood of the lamb is what puts us, now sometimes in church we could sound like God is like a, a bloodthirsty God. That's not why we talk about blood. The reason why we talk about blood is because the blood of God establishes a covenant, or the blood, blood establishes covenant. And so what, and a covenant is an agreement made for the purpose of oneness. So they overcome by the blood of the lamb. Here's what that means. That means that the, the way that we overcome is that we're in covenant with God. And that covenant doesn't depend on our performance. It depended on Jesus' performance at the cross, meaning you didn't do anything but make agreement with it to get into it. And that means that your performance can't mess it up. That's really good news. It says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. Say, word of their testimony. We'll come back to that. Most people like to leave this out, and I understand why. That next line, it says, uh, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So there's three ways that we overcome according to Revelation 12. By the blood of the Lamb, we recognize that we're in covenant with the covenant-keeping God. Second, by the word of their testimony, we'll come back to that one. And third, because they did not love their lives unto death. Now, the reality is, in the West, we love our lives a whole lot. And so if we want to be a people that overcome, we have to prioritize God and his kingdom over us and our kingdom. Or we're going to find ourselves in a big mess. And the truth is, there's a whole lot that goes under the title of Christian that is not, because it loves itself and its life way more than it loves the ways of God. 
Back to the testimony. So they overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. Did you know this? That the word testimony in Hebrew means do it again with the same authority and power. The reality is, is that testimonies create breakthrough. The story that I was just sharing about dyslexia created breakthrough. And it's been like this domino effect over the last six years where probably five or six people, because of that testimony, I have Lydia's permission to share her name in that because that testimony has power to it. Because, it, because we know this, that God's not a respecter of persons. What that means is he's not playing favorites. What he does for somebody else, he longs to do for you. And so when you hear a testimony of God moving, of breakthrough coming, you don't say, oh, I wish it was me. Don't act like you're the stepkid that got left out. Instead, you recognize, that's what my father is doing, and he has that for me. I'm going to celebrate that breakthrough as if it was my own and recognize that God's got something good for me. And so often, we want to shrink back and say, oh, of course they got it, but not me. Now, when we begin to celebrate testimony, what we find is that there is breakthrough in every testimony. There is breakthrough in every testimony. And so when you see God move, make sure that you tell the stories of God moving. And by the way, he's the center of the stories that he's moving in. You're not the author of your story. He is. And you're not the main character. He is. And when we start to live for ourselves, we start to get that stuff confused. But he loves to heal. In fact, when Jesus went to the cross, it says that by the stripes that he took on his back were healed. He's already paid for our healing. So we're not even begging him to do something as if he didn't want to do it. Instead, we're agreeing with what he's already paid for. It's like some of us have gift certificates in our wallets and we're letting them expire because we're not making an agreement with what he's already paid for for you. And so we know this, that there is overcoming power in testimony. So you need to share your testimony with people because in sharing your testimony, what you'll find is that there's breakthrough for other people. So share it. Just share, nobody can argue with your story. So just begin to share, hey, this is what God was doing in my life. This is what he did the other day. And even if it seems really insignificant, share those stories because it creates breakthrough for other people and we wanna be a people that create breakthrough or that partner with people for breakthrough. So testimonies create breakthrough. Go with me to Psalm 119. I was talking with John Wallace uh, earlier this, this week and saying, hey, this is what I think I'm gonna do. And he said, hey, you should check out Psalm 119.24. And so here we are, Psalm 119. How many of you know that when a father in the faith says, check something out, you check it out? It says, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Think about that. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. How many of you know that most of the Bible is actually testimony? 
And in the stories of God, there is wisdom and understanding from God for us that will direct our steps. And so when we begin to see how God has moved, it teaches us the ways of the kingdom. It gives us wisdom and understanding. It begins to, to give us insight into the ways of God. So when you, when you hear about somebody's story or even your own story, keep track of your testimonies. You know, one of the interesting things, how many of you, you've ever been in a funk? We'll just call it a funk, all right? And we'll define it for a second, in a second. You've just been off, right? One of the best things you can do when you're off, now sometimes there is just like an emotional component or even a relational component to us being off. Sometimes we have bad days. I think a lot of times we uh, underestimate the influence of the enemy in trying to throw our days off and then we begin to partner with it in our words and make agreements in that direction. But one of the best ways to overcome in those moments is to turn to the counsel of your testimonies. What is it that God said? What is it that he's done in your life? And when you begin to pay attention to what he's already been doing, what you find is that it builds your faith and it begins to provide you with wisdom and understanding on even what to do. Now, if you're struggling to have your own testimonies, let me encourage you with two things. Maybe you're like new to the faith and you just don't have like a lot of stories of God breaking through on, on your behalf. One, go get some stories. And the way you get stories is not by playing it safe, but it's by believing God in big ways. The second thing is, Listen to the stories of others. Find them in scripture. Listen to the stories of the people around you and allow your faith to be established on the word of the testimony of the people of God. Like when I was a kid, I've, I've told you guys this before. My dad grew up as a, as a missionary kid and so my family was kind of immersed in missions and so we would have people from all over the world staying at our house, coming to our house and I would stay up as late as I could around the table while all these old guys were drinking decaf coffee because I wanted to hear the stories of God. Tell them to your kids. It's the stories of God establish incredible faith in people because we recognize it's easy to, to, to read this as if it's a, it's, as if it's a storybook of stories simply in the past. The reality is, is that we understand that, that Scripture has incredible life in it and that we find a God who's still working today. There's something, though, about current stories of God moving that builds our faith. We're like, oh, he's, he's not just the God of the, of the biblical times, but he's the God of today, and he's moving today on my behalf. So there's, there's something, back to being in a funk, there's something about being in a funk that it's often hard to remember the stories of God's breakthrough in your life. Have you ever been there? It's like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. But when you can lay a hold of one, and you may need to write them down, even have them in a journal so that you can reflect on those. If you can lay a hold of one, it's like the light cracks in. And then you can just begin to say, thank you, God, for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I've had times of financial stress in my life. Am I, am I alone in that? You've been there before, right? 
And it's like uh, I begin to think, God's got breakthrough for you guys in your finances. Yeah. There's a whole new way of life coming for you. And you've been so, so faithful. And you felt like giving up because you're like, man, I'm just am worn out in being faithful. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the dunks. And Lord, we thank you for financial breakthrough. Lord, for, for money to come in all sorts of surprising ways, in ways that they least expected it. In Jesus' name, don't give up. You will reap a harvest. Don't give up. Love you guys. said it before, I really would like to be the laughing pastor. <laughs> so, but what, what, what happens when you're wrestling like that financial weight, and it can be all sorts of different things. I, I, for me, sometimes that financial weight can be blinding, right? It's like, oh, I just can't even see. But when I start to recognize, oh man, there are so many ways. There are things that God has promised me. There's truth in scripture. And there's incredible breakthrough that I've experienced. And when we begin to recognize what God has done, it encourages our faith moving forward. Amen? God loves to break through. And when we use, and here's what happens. When we don't use our testimonies and we don't use our prophetic words and we don't partner with what God said, then what happens is we'll partner with fear. And when we partner with fear, like, here's what, what fear does to you uh, mentally. Your, your functional IQ, like, drops about 20 points. So, so when you start to give in to fear, you're not even thinking like yourself. And so then you start to make decisions out of fear, and it begins to lead you, and it's like this compounding effect in the wrong direction that leads you into all sorts of places. But when you can allow your, test, your testimonies to be your counselor, instead of your fear, you'll find breakthrough. Amen? Last one, John chapter four. We're not gonna read the whole thing. You know this story. Jesus is with the Samaritan woman at the well. And in the story, we know this, that Jesus eventually says, hey, I kind of know everything about you. He doesn't say those words, but he says, I understand that the man you're living with isn't your husband. In fact, you've had multiple husbands. And so this lady gets lit up. How many of you know when God reads your mail, it's like, oh, wow, he sees me, right? So, she, so Jesus says, hey, go, go tell the village everything that God has done for you. Jesus' disciples have come back by this point, and they're talking, and they don't understand Jesus. And sometimes I feel like probably all could relate to, the, to Jesus pretty well. Jesus says, to, they're like, hey, you need some food. And he says, don't you understand that I have food you know nothing about? And they're like, was Jesus sneaking some food? What's going on? <laughs> and he says, no, no, you don't understand. My, my food is to do the will of God. 
And then he says to them this. He says, look at the fields. They're white with harvest. Jesus was not using metaphorical language. What he was saying is that he could see the Samaritans coming. You see, Samaritans in that day dressed in all white. And so when Jesus said, look at those fields, they're white with harvest, he wasn't saying, oh, there's a harvest coming, grain, white, whatever. No, what he was saying is, there is a harvest physically coming this way. And it was all the people of her village. We know uh, in church history, her name is Fotina. And we know that she went back and she told all these people of what God had done. And so they came to Jesus based on her testimony. But here's what happened. They came to Jesus based on her testimony, but they gave their lives, they trusted Jesus based on what they experienced in Jesus. You see, your testimonies point people to Jesus. And they actually become the fuel that allow people to encounter Jesus for themselves. Because the truth is, you're not going to make it on your friend's faith, on your parents' faith. It's not enough fuel for a lifetime of faith. But it may be enough fuel to get you to the moment of faith where you can encounter Jesus and begin to build your own faith. Does that make sense? And so what happened with the Samaritan woman at the well is she shared the testimony of Jesus. And in sharing that, it drew other people to Jesus. Pretty awesome? Share your testimony. The, the truth is, not very many people like lectures, right? You ever been lectured by somebody that you, you weren't even interested in hearing anything from them? It's like, oh, I got a problem, and it's like, poo, they're on the spot with the solution. It's like, I, I, I wasn't asking you. But people love stories. People, not everybody. Right, Garth? Not everybody. But people love stories. And they'll be inspired by stories. And they can't argue the logic of your story very well because it's your story. But when we begin to tell people the stories of God, it lights something in them. Because the truth is, I think everybody is hardwired for faith. Like, like they, they want to believe. They've got a lot of proof and a lot of lies and a lot of arguments on why they shouldn't believe. But what your story does is it gives them something to make an agreement with that'll lead them towards Jesus. So share your stories. All right, so we're gonna have a few minutes of testimonies and we're just gonna see what God does through this. So who wants to go first? All right, Steve's first. That was quick. Oh, I said I was gonna hold the microphone. <laughs> A lot of, lot of you don't know that uh, Catherine and I, we had owned a landscaping business for 16 years. Um, and this last May, um, we had lost all of our contracts because of, uh, we were underbid on all of our contracts. So for, we lost our business after 16 years. So it was a very difficult time, but I have to turn it into a yay God story because the Lord just happened to send me into a CEO's office that I knew and uh, within three days, I had a job that I was not qualified for Come on. in a corporate scene 
which I had been in the past, he gave my wife a job the very next week. Come on. And because we had been faithful with the tithe, we have never compromised on that. Never. Yep. Over years and years, even before we started Sozo, we would not compromise because we knew God was our provider. And he would always take care of us. And the bottom line is that we are going to reap what we sown. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so this has been a very difficult time for us. But even so, we, we were given a, a prophetic word two years ago that God is changing our landscaping. Wow. <laughs> and the rest is history. It's <laughs> awesome. God loves you. He, he takes good care of you. Somebody else. We can make a line up here, by the way, so you don't have to just sit there. Come on, Shane. <laughs> I need to tie my hands behind my back because no, don't know what happened. Um, seven years ago, uh, I know I've shared this at some capacity here, but Wendy and I had a, a stillbirth. And uh, after the baby was born, after looking at him, I could tell um, probably something was wrong with him uh, that caused his death. My, my thought was probably he had Down syndrome um, and he didn't make it. So after that point, obviously we were pretty devastated and we were trying to have kids for about six or seven months um, and nothing was happening. Well, the doctor had contacted us. How many of you know when the doctor goes to contact you after you get results back, it's probably not gonna be a good sign, right? Mm-hmm. So the Lord had told Wendy, we can have as many kids as we want. So at that point, we're like, well, we're not gonna call the doctor back because he's probably gonna tell us something um, we don't wanna hear. So after six or seven months of trying, we moved to San Marcos. And I think within the first week or so we were here, there was someone who had the testimony that he was not supposed to be born, um, that his mom had something wrong with her, and he was a miracle baby. So um, his testimony, he released and prayed it over us, not knowing if anything's wrong with us, but just, we didn't want to find out. But when he prayed for Wendy, she just felt a uh, fire go through her body, and uh, she ended up getting pregnant right away. And they traced back um, her date, of pregnancy would be the day that we moved to San Marcos. Wow. Um, so after that point, we had had our second child. And I'm like, I kind of want to hear what the doctor has to say now <laughs> that we've had two children, just so we can know what kind, what kind of thing we've overcome. So we contacted the doctor, and it turned out that Wendy uh, shouldn't have been able to have any more kids at all. Wow. And they were calling to give us bad news. Wow. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Bless you guys. Thank you. That's good. Anybody else? John. Oh, and Suzanne. Double trouble. I'm breaking the rules. Okay, let me start it out. She should be, just to be fair, she should be holding the mic for me. So... All right, so last Sunday, we were up here on the ministry team, and Austinette brought one of their employees. Uh, I guess that was her first time here. Is that correct? Her name was Renee. She was uh, very tearful uh, because uh, a few days earlier, she'd been diagnosed with brain tumor. 
And so uh, her children were with her. And one of her daughters was looked like late teens, early 20s. And so uh, Suzanne and I prayed, uh, laid hands on her, began to pray. And we began to, you know, cast out cancer and come against cancer, tumor, and, and all of that. And, um, and so uh, when we finished praying, um, I turned to the daughter because the daughter had also been diagnosed with an eye problem and she was losing her eyesight. And so I started to pray for her and Suzanne still had a conversation with Renee going on and found out that the tumor was not cancerous. So in a sense, we prayed the wrong prayer, right? We were praying against cancer. All right, so then before I didn't say that, Joe, call me, you want to add? Oh yeah, I mean, it just, I, after we had finished, she, I realized, I really think I jumped to a big conclusion here. And so I said, are you, are you saying this tumor is not malignant? She said, that's correct. And I said, oh, I am so sorry. I said, I just jumped to that conclusion and just assumed it was cancerous. Just really apologized to her. I'm so sorry. I, I should have been more careful to ask. So anyway. But she said it's benign. Yeah, it's benign. But, but here's the thing that encouraged me. We totally prayed the totally wrong prayers. And it just didn't matter. Because God was just doing what God was going to do. So it was a real encouragement to me. Okay, so Joel called me uh, the other day, a few days ago, and said that she went back to the doctor and there's no tumor. Come on. And the daughter. Yep. And then the report from the daughter is, is ever since we prayed, her eyesight's getting better day by day. Come on. And... And the, the other thing about the daughter is that she just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what'd she say, Austinette? She said, I, she, at first she said, oh, something weird. <laughs> well, yeah, that's awesome. So she said, I, I felt something weird, and then she just encountered the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's awesome. By, by the way, uh, Carly was going to share this, um, but she had to go back to be with our kids. But in our kids, the last couple of weeks, the Holy Spirit has just been moving in really powerful ways in the, uh, like, I think it's kindergarten to second grade or third grade, third grade range, where the kids have been, like, laid out on the floor encountering Jesus. Like, Carly put her hand on one of the kids, and she had her hand on their back, but they just, like, fell out and encountered God in there. And then one of the other kids was saying, I see a man, a sparkly man over there and he's coming this way. And they've just been totally getting like just wrecked by God in that, that kindergarten, the, the third grade range. How many of you know God loves to pour out his spirit on our kids? Yes, JJ, come on. This is my little brother, Justin. Hey everybody, um, my name is Justin and so um, some of y'all know I went and I joined the military in August and I, and I came back in December and I uh, went back to my normal job in January um, and since starting my job back and just being back I've, I've definitely felt like a different person I felt like I've definitely grown and matured in some ways that um, is preparing me for, for more leadership in my life and um, uh, just just the other day, my supervisor had texted me at work, and she was like, hey, have you ever... What do you do for work? I work for Child Protective Services, 
and she said, she's like, have you thought about applying for supervisor? And I was like, um, I told her my game plan has been to wait X amount of years and then do it. And, you know, over that next weekend, I, I was, um, it, you know, it was still in my heart, I was that, just that text. And I was standing around people who were talking that weren't talking to me. And they said some phrase like, you know, they, they were sharing a story about somebody who had gotten promoted in their job. And he was like, they strike when he was hot and they wanted to like promote him. And I was like, God, I feel like that was for me. And then I got, I, I went to the prophetic ministry uh, encouragement. I think it was last Sunday or the Sunday before um, just to get some encouragement. And um, the people who were praying for me was like, man, I feel like God's about to do something really good in your life. And um, they were like, it might be relationships, it might be your job. And then uh, just like two days later, my supervisor's boss was like texting me. She's like, hey, can you come into my office and talk to me? She's like, I want you to think about applying for this position. And so I just, I just, I share that just as a testimony of just like what God's been doing in my life and how it, it was unexpected and it was definitely not on my timeline, but I decided I'm going to apply and interview. So, um, yeah, just, yeah. that's my testimony. That's good favor right there. When you're. So how good God is and faithful. We, we attended, Deborah and I, my wife, attended a large church in San Antonio for 35 plus years. And the Lord was working on us. We weren't comfortable no more. We were looking and looking. We went to other churches. And um, my wife was watching Supernatural Dreams. What is that name? You know it. Dream Lab. And uh, Deborah came to me and says, I watched this and you need to watch this. Uh, there's a man on here that was um, given his dream and he said he was from San Marcos. And didn't ever say the church. Well, it was Steve Dunk. And this is how God looked. We had already been praying, Lord. We probably visited five or six churches, New Braunfels, San Marcos, wherever. And so we kept praying about it. So I listened to it and uh, Deborah says, well, what do you think? And I felt the spirit, you know, connect. And uh, so we went to prayer that morning, and I said, uh, here's what we do. She used to be help her dad in realtor, so she knows how to find you, you know, <laughs> on the tax rolls. <laughs> and, uh, Does that mean, like, CIA? Is that what you're saying? She probably could be. <laughs> she found his name, his address, and I, we prayed about it. I said, okay, let's, it was a Saturday morning. I said, let's go jump in the Jeep and take a little ride. And if he's out in the yard, it's the Lord's will for us to visit Sozo. He's out there anointing his land with oil. <laughs> and we drove up in the driveway and just talked. And I believe that's how God led us to Sozo. And we really, really have enjoyed it. Awesome. And all the prayers and everything. And it's been great. But God worked through this man. Yeah. Through our family. That's awesome. I praise God for it. Glad y'all are here. So... Um, you never know where, what people are going through. Yeah. And I want to encourage you just to reach out and obey God reaching out to, to people. So we had a, a couple that we had met at the last uh, community group, and uh, we haven't heard from them. And so it was just on my heart just to reach out to them. So I finally got their number, and we went and did some bowling with them this past Wednesday. And their testimony was like, thank you, because our faith has been kind of just wandering. Mm. 
and we've we've kind of lost that connection but y'all have rekindled that you've reignited that and so reach out to those folks that God has put on your heart and uh, do lunch with them go spend time with them you just never know what God is going to do through you to them mm-hmm. that's awesome thank you my first time here. Glad you're Um, here. What's your name? Phoebe. Phoebe? Uh Uh-huh. So a couple weeks ago, I went to the Kingdom Youth Conference in Houston, Texas, and there was a pastor. He's Brent Kelly. You probably have heard of him. Um, And he was up there sharing testimonies about this man at Sonic. And he's an older man in his 80s, and he's sitting on the ground. He's kneeling, and his wife is unable to move, and he's feeding her ice cream from Sonic. And there's a picture online, and he was told to take a picture of them, and that's, and day after day, he's gotten more followers on Facebook. He's got about 5,000 requests for that. And when I was sitting at the Kingdom Youth Conference, he just, he kept saying, speak fire. Like, there's this fire that is in every one of you. And it's it's flowing through each every one of you. And I went up there and I was up at the altar and I just, I just fell. I, I couldn't move. I felt the Holy Spirit on me and he just said, speak fire to these kids in here right now. I know there's not very many of them, but one of them is going through a rough patch and just saying the words over love and not fear. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Phoebe. Alec and Ashley, y'all can wrap this up. You've been waiting patiently over there. I'm going to follow Alec. Um, Okay, so so, um, in August of 21, we were hosting a Sozo College event at our house, and um, before it got started, Justin Ito noticed that my dog was limping. I don't even know if you remember this. This was like almost two years ago. And we're big dog people. So anyway, I was like, yeah, I think he injured it or something. And he just immediately jumped right into, let's pray for it. I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought of that. So he laid hands on our dog. Dogs are fair game for prayer. I know. I know. That's why I came up here. I'm not sure about cats, but dogs, yes. (laughs) Well, I (laughs) almost didn't come up because I'm like, it's a dog. But anyway, so um, time went on. We took him to the vet. Nothing was really working. So I noticed a growth had started happening within his bone. So they ended up diagnosing him with um, osteosarcoma, which is terminal. He could, no treatment offered for it. And he was limping like really bad, could barely walk. Um, so for months, like they told us he had three months to live, but we kept praying and laying hands on him. And here we are almost two years later. He stopped limping probably a year into it. A year wow. after, yeah. So he's completely healed and the vets are like, we should take another x-ray. We can't explain this. So wow. anyway, God cares about our pets. Even in our, our pets. Hearts. Yes. yes. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Come on, Alec. Hey, man. Uh, I was forced into this. 
Not by me. <laughs> Let's just be clear. <laughs> uh, so we were at the Strickland's house the other day, and uh, we were just playing a prophetic game. Um, Lord, love it. Lord loves it whenever we're like children. Um, and so it was basically like, okay, we're going to get like an animal or an instrument, whatever. We're going to ask the Lord for something for ourselves, and then everybody else is going to prophesy about it. Um, and so we were just sitting in the living room getting words for each other. Um, and it was really cool. Like, it was just so encouraging. Um, being with Eli, Braden, Aaron, and just being able to encourage each other off of like no sort of information, just like, hey, I feel like the Lord is telling me I'm like a falcon or something like that. And then just going into that. Um, so yeah, I think the encouragement is there. The encouragement there is that the Lord takes pleasure in everything that we do. Um, and it doesn't matter how big or small it is, like he just delights in everything. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you. Awesome. Would you stand with me? We're just gonna wait on God for a second. I feel like he has something special for us this morning and we don't wanna miss it. Oh, Holy Spirit, we honor your presence. Lord, we thank you for your work in our lives, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. there's breakthrough for the people of God this morning. Somebody that has issues in their left knee, it's like when you move it, it, it kind of catches. I just feel like God wants to, uh, I know God wants to heal that this morning. And then there's somebody else you have in your in your left ear, there's just like this ringing and hearing loss and God wants to touch that this morning. Someone here today is uh, dealing with great uh, anxiety. It's been uh, building for a while, and uh, you don't even know what you're anxious about, but anxiety will rob you of all the things that God has for you. He wants to heal you today. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, our ministry team, you guys can come on down. If you just need breakthrough this morning, you know, sometimes the, the testimony of God can stir a desire for breakthrough in our heart. Sometimes it's 
in the same vein of something that somebody else shared or sometimes it's just like, hey, God, God's moving and I just trust him to move and these folks, they're, they're trustworthy people and they would just love to partner with you for breakthrough to pray for you. So this morning, if you, if you need prayer, maybe it's breakthrough in your finances. Maybe you're, you're like the, the young girl uh, that we were talking about that just, you just need a fresh encounter with God. But they, these folks would love to pray with you. Somebody else that has uh, a diagnosis that is not good and it's got you a little bit scared, God wants to bring healing in that place this morning. And I do feel like there is real grace for learning disabilities this morning just to be healed. And so if you've got maybe it's dyslexia or maybe it's something else that God just wants to touch you this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need to surrender to Jesus. You may have been doing the church thing for a really long time or you may have never stepped foot in church before today. It's not simply about praying a prayer. It's about saying, I'm all in with him. I give you my life and I choose you, Jesus. So these... This team is available. We could use a few more people on the ministry team. Uh, this team's available if you need prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you that you love to minister to your kids, that you love to bring breakthrough to your kids, that you care about everything that we're going through. Spirit, we welcome you just to come and move, to have your way.